0: Question for you. Very curious in this moment. While you listen to this podcast, you just hit play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are you doing? You doing laundry? You driving? Like, what is going on? What do you think they're doing while they listen to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast? Can I tell
1: you what I'm doing? What
0: are you doing?
1: I just washed my hands with a soap that smells like apple cider. Ooh, that's nice. And when you smell that, isn't it amazing how God equips your brain so that certain scents Uh bring back memories? What was the memory? I'm just thinking Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. What do you have? You, you call it the old school drink. What do you call it? Wassel. Wassel.
1: <laughs> it sounds yes. like you're
0: you're in a Charles Dickens book.
1: Here we go, my wassling. <laughs> yeah, I love apple cider. One of the best experiences. Branson, Missouri, Silver Dollar City. Oh, my. We're about to go on the train. <gasps> train breaks down. Uh-huh. And you wouldn't think that that would be a good memory, but they have right there at snack stand... Hot apple cider. Oh, my. And we get a cup, and it is amazing. Best hot apple cider I remember ever having.
0: So, yeah. again, while you listen to the podcast, <laughs> you are smelling your hands that triggers that memory, and then you're not paying attention to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast? No, was that- just,
1: I was thinking that's what it did for me. Maybe okay. if you're in the midst of doing laundry and stuff right now, you're smelling the lovely detergent.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And wondering why it really doesn't make your son's sport clothing smell exactly that way when it's all. Been washed and ready.
0: I, eventually that smell's not gonna come out. No, yeah. Man, eventually. Just,
1: just burn it. Uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's good advice. Yeah. So the uh anything but quiet time podcast presented by Hope on Demand, where uh by the way, hopeondemand.com is just a great resource for everything. But we talk about here on this podcast what mm-hmm. we're going through spiritually, one of which I've been thinking about life lessons and everything more, because our son was just born.
1: Yes. Ezra is Ezra. here.
0: So he's
1: so cute. How big is he now?
0: He um, you know. I mean, he's got to get weight again.
1: He was he's, over seven pounds when he was born, but then he.
0: Well, you 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 always lose a little bit weight, uh-huh. you know, and then we're trying to get him back to birth weight, you know. So just to, and then once that happens, he'll just take off. Well, come on. So I mean,
1: he's a hearty boy. He's been eating enough. That's
0: right. Uh, but I've been thinking about you know in prayers, you know, differently. You're obviously praying for somebody more than than your as much as you were. You praying maybe more for yourself before your kids, and then you start praying for for him more. And I, I saw this quote. If all your prayers were answered, would it change the world or would it just change your world? Mm. And I thought that's that's really good. Certainly, we should always go to God in anything that, you know, new job promotion, anything. I mean, hey, you know, can I have a good day? Could I have a little bit of sunshine? Ask God for anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but also to remember Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for our neighbors. Let's, let's pray for our children. Let's, let's change the world with our prayers and not just my own.
1: I think Jesus changed the world when he taught us how to pray because the prayer that was the one that Jewish children would have grown up memorizing and, and knowing, you know, it sounds incredibly similar to the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. what we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, is how it starts. So immediately you recognize the fact that you're not an only child. Mm. And then when you start praying, give us this day, our daily bread, not just talking about the people under your household roof. It's talking about people in the community. Yeah. And not just give us this day, our daily bread, but then forgive us of our debts. Lord, would you forgive us collectively? Now I'm praying for others in this incredibly remarkable way. And it goes hand in hand with what Jesus taught us were the two most important commandments. Number one, to love the Lord, your God, which he puts God at the top of this prayer, right? in hallowing his name. And then he shows us that we are to love everybody, our neighbor as ourselves. So now I'm including others in this incredibly personal prayer to the Lord. I'm, I'm actually asking Lord, would you cover them as well mm-hmm. with forgiveness? Yeah. It's, that's the way Jesus taught us to pray. And somewhere along the road, we forget that I've definitely done that. And, it was a good reminder the other day. I was reading about that.
0: Well, I'm in Luke 11, where it states, you know, that. But then I wanted to to just read this next part and just kind of okay. kind of talk about this because it just made me think an array of thoughts. Um, so it, it talks about the, you know, the Lord's Prayer. Um, forgive us our sins, as we also as just this translation I'm reading, as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us mm-hmm. and rescue us from every time we face tribulations. Uh, and this is the next part that's just oh, it's good and it's and it's encouraging. And it's interesting. Jesus gave this illustration. Imagine what would happen if you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, please, do you have some food you can spare? A friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly and I have nothing to serve him. But your friend says, why are you bothering me? The door is locked and my family and I are all in bed. You expect me to get up and give you our food? But listen, because of your shameless impudence, even though it's the middle of the night, Your friend will get up out of bed and give you all that you need. So it is with your prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And then it goes on, talks about, let me ask you this. What loving parent would, if a son asked for uh, for a fish, would he give serve him a snake on a plate? Uh, of course not. What, what father would give a daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? No. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask for him, mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff there. A lot of encouraging stuff there when it comes to prayer. And I think one of my things is um, it just reminds me to to pray, to ask for anything. I heard a quote the other day: "If you if God knows how you feel anyway, why don't you just tell him your feelings?" Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't go, especially in frustration feelings, we don't go to him. Yeah. But he already knows how you feel. Um. But then I I see things like, um, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door. It will one day open for you. And so I, I think about it in in different ways. What about if you're praying for the wrong thing? I guess that may be, if you're praying for a Mercedes every single day of your life, instead of praying for the salvation of your children, um, maybe it's what that's saying is you'll eventually realize this is, not what I should be praying. I should be praying for different things than just materialistic things. Yeah. And perhaps just seek and you'll find, you'll discover, seek and you'll discover, you'll discover God's desires more than your own. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it also would beg the question, what about people who pray for healing? Mm-hmm. It says here, knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Yeah. So you pray for healing, and I guess maybe we just should consider being in heaven and being in the presence of Jesus a healing in a way. Yeah. Is that maybe what you would—how I mean, do, do you make that when prayers, quote, don't get answered?
1: When we submit things to the will of God and we say, Thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you're asking him to do the things for you after that part of the prayer and the Lord's prayer— that are meeting physical needs, like mm-hmm. I need bread, Right. that are meeting spiritual, emotional needs. And again, at the very end of the prayer, you're just kind of giving it all back to the Lord. You know, For thine is the kingdom mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. power and the glory forever. Amen. So you're literally just leaving it there with God. Uh, Jesus himself showed us truly how to pray in the garden before his death when he asked God, would you take this cup away? But he knew at the same time the cup being representative of the death that he would endure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the fact that he would be bearing the sin of humanity too, he asked, would you take it away? But then he recognized, you know, but it's not about my will Lord. It's about your will be done. So I think you've kind of already answered it in the fact that if you're asking for healing and you're not receiving healing, um did you ask a miss? Did you ask? I mean what? Mm-hmm. I always in my prayer, after I've asked God for it, God, I really want what you want because if you truly can see from beginning to end and I know that you can, in fact, beginning and end are not even on your time frame. I mean, like our beginning and end, let me rephrase that. our beginning and end, He's not in our timeline. Mm-hmm. He lives outside of it because he created that timeline. So he already knows, what happens and, in fact, inserts himself whenever he needs to, wherever he needs to, right? So if he truly can see from beginning to end, can I trust the one who can see from beginning to end with all of these things that I have given to him in prayer and let him see fit how best to answer and trust that when he says no, that's also an answer? Yeah. Because as a parent on a much smaller scale, these are heavenly parents, But as a parent, there have been many times where my children have asked me for something that I know is not in their best interest because why I've lived longer, I can see from the outside of their, quote, timeline. So if that's true for me, how much more is it true for my Heavenly Father?
0: So you think about those good things, like I I said, a Mercedes, for example. You know, I think uh, you you think about a loving parent, imperfect as it says here, but loving parent, um, that uh, you'll surprise your kids with with ice cream or something, you know, on the way home. Sure. And uh, that may be like those bigger things that we, you know, we, we would like, I would like a nicer car. I would like a bigger home or whatever. Sure. mean, those things that, well, yeah, God will allow every now and then. But I, I think, you know, you wouldn't let your kids eat ice cream every day. Mm-hmm. And it's not, because it's not about, a proper diet is not about ice cream every day. A proper life is not about getting new stuff all the time.
1: So if you put yourself also in the context of the, of the scriptures too, you have to put yourself in that into that civilization as well. There were no Mercedes back then. You mm-hmm, know, there were no... Mm-hmm. The, obviously, there was a nicer style of living. But, you know, when we pray, it says, give us this day our daily bread, not tomorrow's.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Not giant yeah. loaves more than we need necessarily. Now, it does tell us in other parts of Scripture that he does want to bless, press down, running over kind of blessings. He absolutely does. But I think we truly... He truly wants to show us what blessing looks like. And it's not usually that which is tangible. It's not what we can put our fingers on. Mm-hmm. It's something that comes from spirit. It's it's more about the blessings that we find in spending time with him. It's about spiritual blessings. Why? Because he knows at the end of the day, those are the ones that matter the most. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. else is fleeting. And Jesus addresses this over and over again. I mean, Scripture, it's like, You know, don't store up your treasures here on earth, store them up in heaven. Well, how do you do that? It's by recognizing the blessings, the the good gifts, the good and perfect gifts come from above Mm. are not necessarily the ones that you can touch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: Not always. I mean, obviously you have a little boy and you can hold him and touch him. He's a pretty good gift.
0: No, that's a a very good point. And I, I think I just, I hang on to this and I know people have different translations, but I think seek and you'll discover Mm-hmm. is, is what sticks out mm-hmm. in the midst of that, that, uh, another part of the Bible says, you know, uh, let your desires become my desires that, that if you, if you're praying continually every day, either God will grant it or you'll realize why God did not because yeah. he knows best.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a process. It's not super easy. Like when you've prayed for something hugely and you're like, no, it's not about like, monetary stuff right now this mm. is about the the healing of my child or something like that, that you're mm. desperately praying for which by the way is an incredible fight prayer to mm. pray on your knees so keep praying absolutely but also father i trust you in the midst of this help my part the part of me that is failing to trust you right now those are solid prayers too it's okay to 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 waver in faith Jesus himself did not condemn the guy who said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. he actually helped and healed his son regardless of any doubt. right? Right. But, uh, I, I heard this comedian the other day. It was quite funny. He said he had this really good friend and he was like, I didn't want to sound judgmental or anything, but my friend was like, I am praying that my team wins the world series or whatever it was. It was some sport event. And he was praying for every single player by name in his prayer time with God. And the comedian said, it's really interesting because I know this guy and he's on his third marriage and he's about to have his home taken away and he's got like no money in the bank right now. He's got literally, he just lost his job. Mm -hmm. And actually his team ended up winning. (laughs) Cause he said, God was probably like, well, dude, I want to help restore a lot of things in your world, but you asked for this. So uh. he's, like, he's like, I think it's amazing. This guy is praying. I just find it really interesting. The things that he's choosing to pray for. It's a good
0: reminder. That's a good <laughs> reminder. I heard a comedian once say the things that I'm not going to pray for. Like I, I got a prayer request the other day. Hey, little Billy's in a karate, uh, tournament. Will you pray for him? Little Billy, will you just, uh, or God, will you just help <laughs> Little Billy smash those other kids right in their faces? Will you help him destroy those? He's like, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't pray for the karate tournament. And clearly, if you, <laughs> hey, listen,
1: if you're a kid, if you're a mom or dad of a kid who's in karate, then you're like, no, we don't pray that. We pray they do Sportsmanship their best. And yeah, yeah, do yeah, that yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it, It's it just funny. funny. It's funny. What are you choosing to pray for? And honestly, I, that's a really good line. Am I choosing to invest in the prayers that further God's kingdom, or am I making myself the center Mm. of the universe? Yeah. Because if I, if absolutely you need to ask, just like you would want your kids to ask you if they want something, please ask, if you feel like this is within the scope of, Hey, this would be just fine for them to have, then you're going to give it to them. That's what that scripture is talking about. Well, how much would an earthly father not give his child a stone? If he asked for a piece of bread, Mm -hmm. how much more would the heavenly father give good gifts?
0: Yeah. But at the
1: same time, it's like, but that's not the point. The point is, are you asking God for his best for his kingdom? Because this this entire life is about glorifying the Lord. Yeah. it's not about you and me. He made it a little bit about us because he died for us. Yeah. And if, it's like, do you need a better gift than your salvation?
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah I, and I, I'm blown away by you you reminded us of Jesus praying in the garden and almost a I mean, I'm just saying for me um, of if if I was in that situation, of course as an imperfect person, um, uh, what a pointless prayer. Um, mm-hmm. I would have never wasted the time because I know this is the reason I came. This is the plan. Uh, I'm supposed to die on the cross. Uh, so I'm not going to pray for it not to happen because I know I have to. Yeah. Um, and so, but you think about it from the father's perspective as much as we can. If if I'm a dad, which I am, <laughs> brag, um, <laughs> then then I want Ezra to be able to, even though let's say I say you got to clean your room every day or something. Yeah. And he's going to come at me and say, is there any way I don't have to do this? Well, if, you know, I set the reasons for him to do it. No, it's good. But I want to know how he's doing with it. I want to know what he feels about it. I want to hear feedback. And so what a great um, analogy. I mean, just a great uh, lesson in leadership, obviously, that Jesus presented in going to God about something that he was probably sure wasn't going to change. He still needed to die on the cross, but he still went to him anyway. And God obviously listening to him
1: there are things that you will be able to pray with clarity and then there are other things that the bible says you know that the holy spirit will help interpret for you because it's just going to come out as groanings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and utterings is what scripture says um in a way it's therapeutic even you know you sit in a therapy session if you've ever sat in one that you know what i'm talking about most of the time they're just going mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're the one talking right yeah. And how did that make you feel, you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's something really strange that happens after that session is over. Even if you haven't solved anything, you were able to talk about
0: it. You feel heard.
1: You feel heard. God listens.
0: Yeah.
1: He absolutely does. Now, there's also the point in, in the relationship where you need to stop, be still, and listen to yeah. what he says back. Yeah Uh, because that's going to be the the most benefit for you. But yeah, you know, I saw a show the other day where this family was sitting at the table and the family's excuse why they were not praying before the meal is some of us feel that God already knows what's in our hearts so we don't have to say it because it's overstating it. Mm. It might not be Mm. for God's benefit because yeah, he hears your thoughts before you Mm -hmm. speak them. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us that. Have you ever thought that prayer may be for your benefit? And that's why you're commanded to do so. Hmm.
0: It's, I mean, really, you praying over food, reminding you to be thankful, reminding you to be humble.
1: I mean, it's science. People who don't even believe in God know that a few minutes of deep breathing mm-hmm. can be healing and healthy for you. So that apart, why do you think God would start saying, let's set up some time for you? Because number one, it's going to put you in line with who I am, which is your best interest. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to give you a moment to take a beat, which is in your best interest. We all say
0: we're so busy. Why don't we? Do, why don't we take it more? Right?
1: I, I, people go and pay all this money for retreats. There's nothing wrong. I'm not saying anything wrong against that. I'm just saying we pay to go on these retreats and have these peaceful moments. Why? Because there's no benefit. No, because there's benefit.
0: Right. Right.
1: To have a meditative moment that is absolute blessing. So yeah, prayer. Prayer exists to help us. Find our place in God, and we can't do that apart from having. In fact, let me bring this up. The uh, yesterday we were told the best ways to pray, and you're going to hear so many different ways of praying, and there isn't necessarily a wrong way or the the perf- the perfect way.
0: Upside down, that's the perfect way.
1: Oh, is that? no yes, oh,
0: that's right. I stand
1: corrected, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I I'm upside down. Corrected.
0: You just get all your prayers in before you pass out.
1: I. I love this, though. This was a great little guide. And if I could find it, I'm looking for it. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. And there it is. It's at the very thanks time. for the play-by-play. So sorry. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could edit this part out. This nah. is taking forever. Nah. I didn't realize how much we talked in these chat rooms. Okay. So the new habits for a new season in prayer. Um. To, so number one, give thanks. To spend five minutes in silence in that prayerful place, abiding in God. Remember whose you are. And I heard it said in order to to discover your identity in Christ, you first have to discover his identity Mm. to know who you're going to follow after, to meditate on God's word. Even if it's just one verse and study God's word and study on God's excellence. So those are things that you can take with you into prayer. It sure doesn't sound like me thinking about me and only me. Now that doesn't mean there isn't room for you but you think about those talks that you have with people in your life that you have a relationship with. It's not all about you sitting there and them listening to you go on and on and on. That may feel nice for you, but it's funny whenever you get the reverse of that and you have those friends that do that and you're like, Oh, that's terrible. Well, that's what you do sometimes to be, I don't Uh want to do that with the Lord. He wants, he, he craves relationship with his people. Mm. Isn't that interesting? The Holy Spirit is jealous for your attention, it says in his word. Isn't that an amazing thought? Mm. So, uh, all right, how do I feel when I get jealous? I really want this. He really wants this with us. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. So I think there's so much more to prayer than we let it be. And it's a great starting point. It's a great jumping, diving board. What is it jumping board? I don't know. Jumping off point? Okay, we'll go with that. It's a great start to your prayer life to start by asking for something because that's a great yeah petitioning sure. But what about other stuff? Well, I think communion with God.
0: We look at it as a chore, you know, hmm. as a mm-hmm. as a, as a thing to check off the list. Yeah, and I think if we didn't, we would uh, enjoy it, <laughs> you know, or even even if you do it yeah. first and then you get into it and realize you enjoy it. But we just, I mean, it, like working out, like anything, we, even if we know there's a benefit. It's just for some reason making ourselves do it more. And then when you finally do get in the habit, you you enjoy it and then something'll knock you up, you go on a vacation or you uh you get busy or something for a week and you get off the habit and then you're like, "Man, I got to jump back into that and do it more." So
1: let me ask you this, have you ever dreaded a conversation yeah with someone close to yeah.
0: you? Yeah. Hard conversations?
1: Really difficult conversation. Why was it that you were dreading that conversation?
0: Um, Usually it comes down to, I feel I messed up. Yeah. Or um, I just don't like conflict, period. And I have to say to them, um, that thing that you did... It was fine. It's fine. But yeah. I just didn't appreciate it and it hurt me and it made me cry in my core. But I mean, but, but it's fine. Sure. So sure. that's, I don't like those types of conversations. So anything <laughs> that
1: keeps you from, okay. So if you're dreading a conversation with somebody, those are, that, I think those are prime reasons why you wouldn't do it. That's the immediate thought that I think of. I dread those conversations because I've done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. God already knows that you did the thing wrong. That's true. And he's ready to talk it out with you. How do you feel usually, especially after a positive experience, and I'm only talking about the positive ones. Because I I can promise you right now, it is only going to be in your best interest to talk it out with God. Mm. So remember those times, the dreaded conversation, then you had it, and then afterwards, how did you feel?
0: Relieved that it was over. Yeah.
1: So where does the enemy want you to stay locked?
0: That's a good point. It's a fear, really, because as soon as you feel relieved that it's over with with the friend— then you can't wait to just hang out again and be, and just, you know, grow, grow together. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So prayer, I think the act of prayer itself can be defined as when you ask for something in prayer. So that could be like the Lord, would you allow this to be something in my life? Mm -hmm. Then, then there's the abiding in him, which means just spending time with God. And I, so sometimes I think when I think of the word prayer, I think it's like all encompassing. My relationship with God, when I talk to him, it's not just asking, but it's just being with him. Mm-hmm. And I think some theologians would be like, nah, it's not technically what it is. But so I when I'm talking about time with God, that's what I'm talking about. So, but am I making it all about me? It's give and take like any relationship. And honestly, with give and take in human relationships, I know that what they're gonna be able to give does not even come close to what God can give. True. So why would I not want to spend more time with someone who knows where it's at?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it—it's—I mean, because this, this weird, is all. I think it's one of those things that makes sense to everybody on why we should, or anybody that's a believer yeah, in Jesus, but then why you we get should.
1: This weird vibe, like I don't know what I want to. Spread. It's, <sighs> and I, here's what what it is. It all comes down to the flesh mm-hmm. and Satan using those types of things. These lies, these misnomers about what we think we know. To somehow, I don't know, keep us dangling and not grabbing hold of the full relationship we can have in Christ. Yeah. I mean, he's the furthest from boring ever, but isn't that usually the vibe that people get when they think about going to church?
0: That's very true. Oh, boring.
1: Are you serious? This is the guy who thought it would be best to hang out with the roughest people who weren't even interested in going to synagogue. I mean, I mean they they heard scripture when they were kids growing up. They were good Jewish boys, but I think most of them were they were I mean look, Matthew the tax collector, the guy was a cheat, you know, he was taking money from his own people. He was he was looked down on in, you know, Jewish culture as oh, not a good job. That's the person Jesus chose. So think about the worst in society today or who you might consider to be the furthest thing that even your own church people think you should be hanging out with. That's the person Jesus chose. Jesus, Jesus. That doesn't sound boring.
0: Jesus doesn't cancel anybody.
1: No. Why do we? Oh, if yeah. Spent, that's a good I spent reminder. more time with him than maybe I would not.
0: Mm, right. I, um, I want to say before we go, I think before we go, are you, you got anything else? I
1: had a thing. I oh, think we're done. Oh,
0: we're done. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe we next, talk next, next week, next week, next yeah. week's thing. I want to say this cause this is just always like, it's just kind of interesting and like, like, well, what do you think could happen? You're talking about God outside of the timeline. So he is not in, he's not bound by time. Mm-hmm. So you said he could pop in, pop out of, of any time. Yeah. I mean, he could pop into the 1800s right now or, or whatever. Like, right.
1: Time is, I mean, so your mind kind of explodes a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah when yeah. you
1: try to think of it that way, so, it's like, yeah, he was just as present as he is today, as he was then and vice versa. And
0: so, so hear me out. What if we mm-hmm. earnestly prayed, and I'm just going to use a silly example what if we just prayed for something? Let's, the Magna Carta. Magna Carta is a part of history. It was some treaty. Speaking about
1: making everything about
0: you. Yeah. Uh, Magna Carta. Magna Carta. You see? No, Magna (laughs) Carta was signed in 1215. Okay. Some sort of European treaty. I wish you knew more. Yeah. Let's just say for some reason we felt today, Mm. oh man, the world would be a lot better place if they hadn't signed the Magna Carta. Yeah. Do you think that we could pray earnestly enough that God pops into 1215 and prevents it from happening back to the future style. And then all of a sudden, the Magna Carta from the history books just erases like the figures from that photograph in Back to the Future. See? And we now know nothing about it. Do you
1: think that I, that would be a possibility? I think that sounds so adventuresome. And no. You just ruined everything. Well, do you want to know why? 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 Because if we've learned anything from scripture, we know that God has told us from the beginning I don't desire your sacrifice. I really desire, it's about obedience Mm -hmm. and there's consequences for action. And he came up with the loophole, his incredible son to die for us so that we could be saved from the actions that have basically damned us, right? So
0: what's done is done, but we're not lost.
1: Not if we grab hold of the lifesaver.
0: I like that. But that Magna Carta is still hanging around. (laughs)